Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad. We're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going on? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm just uh, kicking around. Um, you know, got got a few things on. I'm off to see um, Pulp. Or by the time the show comes out, uh, my favourite band, Pulp from Sheffield from the 90s, uh, back in the day. Um, Big fan of of that band, yeah. Common People, Disco 2000, all all that lovely stuff, babies and that. Um, I'm going to see them on Saturday. And you know what, Chris? I've never been... I never get excited about going to watch bands. It's always a bit of a faff. Everyone's a dick. I just want to play. (laughs) And I just sort of go, I'd rather just, you know, I'd rather stay at home. Uh, But uh, this time, weirdly... very excited about going to watch a band and i've never felt this way in a long time <laughs> why do you think you are excited this time around honestly god knows god fucking knows <laughs> that'd be cool though that'd be really good yeah, I, it's very I rare try and see try and see depeche mode while i'm back in um, mm. while i'm back in europe next month nice um, yeah, that'd be really cool i haven't seen like a i haven't seen an artist or a band live in years, I think mm. the last time was Hyde, the rock star for the documentary. But like, ah, yes, right, yeah. yeah. Um, the first artist I ever saw was like the Fratellis, which the most Fratellis. people here won't know. Scottish band, it's they're pretty stuff. good. It's good stuff. But I nearly got killed in the mosh pit, and then I was really lucky. Um, growing up in the UK, we have uh, every year we have Radio One's big weekend. Yes. Radio One's like the biggest, was the biggest, probably still is radio station in the UK, and they would put on a host of like great artists and whatnot in random towns in the UK and they chose my town of Maidstone mm. and we had everyone from Pendulum to Madonna to, <laughs> to Hot Chip and all these other bands turn up I saw Jack White I think um, mm. nice uh, Jack, Jack White, White. was that band Jack he was White in is big, is Jack White on Big Weekend that's an interesting little vibe um, well he was, was in the White idea. Stripes he was in well, the, the, it wasn't the White Stripes the Raconteurs the Raconteurs, Raconteurs. Yeah. Raconteurs. Steady that's why, that's why I saw. Goes. Um, that was I, good yeah. the, 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 the Big Weekend uh, in the UK um, there's a band uh, who I mean they just rip off the Black Keys for me but uh, called Royal Blood um, in, in the UK and um, they are relatively successful um, they're one of the few mm. rock bands operating in the UK we're not a big rock place at, at the moment um, and they got in trouble at Big Weekend on Radio 1 um, they turned up um, took the piss out of the crowd because the crowd weren't really getting into it Bearing in mind that Radio One's crowd are, are very, you know, they're teeny boppers, they're kids. Well, I was um, just, yeah, when I was kids. there, I, I was 
not yeah, the sort of person that should be yeah. in a crowd. And 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 yeah. and the, the kids who who like um, the dancing music and the the beachy music mm. and the and the pop music. And they were at a pop festival. Uh, they played at a pop festival and then got very upset when the um, pop crowd didn't necessarily get <laughs> motion and get into their stuff. Um, and then they had this hilarious couple of days where they just had a, a terrible time on Twitter where people were just taking the piss. Uh, and and like the always if if like fucking somebody did that to Ozzy Osbourne or something, he'd be like. Eh, I don't care or you know let yeah. me I, they just wouldn't care but because Royal Blood you know they're online and because they're younger and they, and they kind of like feel like they have to respond to this sort of thing they went on like Radio 1 to like apologise mm. for what they'd done oh it was all just a bit fucking lame and I've interviewed uh, them before and um, I didn't get good vibes off them so oh I Lord. thought they were knobbers but um, but that that's that's nothing to do with it. it it just made me laugh that it was just like these, these lads just that felt like they had to go on Radio One to apologise, <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, yeah, never mind. Oh my god, never mind. I remember the good old days when uh, when you worked at Absolute Radio when we started this podcast, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the amount of interviews you had to do. I I remember because on the surface of it, when you see folks like you know Pete Donaldson or journalists interviewing film stars, rock stars, you mm. think, wow, what a cool job. But you never made it sound good. You were just <laughs> like, oh, I interviewed someone, it was rubbish. Uh, like, every time you did a celebrity, you just were like, eh, it's rubbish. Because, like, <laughs> like, obviously you're doing these press junkets where, like, Chris Pratt or Jennifer Lawrence is over mm. doing some awful film. And you have to be like, oh, it was really good, the scene of the film, blah, 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 blah. And it's shit. The film's objectively shit. <laughs> if, but you have to pretend it's are, not. If those things, if, if you ever um, find yourself, um, in, you know, interviewing on those radio stations, um, if you're doing a press drinking and I you're on radio, you know for a fact the, uh, the film is invariably quite poor. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just must be really difficult, like, having to sort of lie or be optimistic about an awful <laughs> film or song or artist yeah. and like I just don't know I could do that ago. it was like a very long time yeah. ago you've come a long way since then yeah. you're, now, you're now a podcast king <laughs> and the world's your oyster as for me I nearly died I, oh. I uh, had this really weird thing the other day I um, had to run to catch a train and I had like five minutes to get there mm. and I had loads of luggage I had a backpack a suitcase and a tripod and I ran in the morning sun it was about 35 degrees Celsius and I got on the train and I was I made it with 10 seconds to spare and I was puffing and panting and sweating like I've never done in my life mm. and then the train I had to switch trains at a station so I got off the train and everything just went like black it was really creepy I don't know if you've ever had this like where your body feels like it's about to pass out and yeah. you can just about control it enough that you don't Mm. But, like, my eyes got really heavy and, like, these black lines started appearing all over my vision and they got bigger and bigger. And it was like my eyes were open, but there was, like, something covering my eyes. Like it was tunnel really vision, surreal. yeah. It's kind of like when you when you It was, yeah, tunnel vision. It's, really it's, just, it's just passing out, isn't it? It's like your, your, your vision massively narrows. It's uh, Yeah, it's quite scary. It was. I've never had anything like that mm. that I can recall. Maybe one time as a kid, but like I was, I got off the train, and I think it was because my body was so hot from mm. all the running, and I went from air conditioned train and the slight two minute recovery to getting off the train straight away after that two minute journey to change and going back into that afternoon morning thirty five degrees sunlight, and the the heat hit me, and I like had to lean on a wall, and I felt myself like drooping down lower and lower with this rucksack on and the suitcase. And luckily, the train turned up. The next one I had to get on came up straight away, 
and I sort of was able to sort of stumble onto it, right, and um, into a chair, and I just sort of collapsed and just rode out the train for 20 minutes, sweating more than I've ever sweat in my life. My whole head was like a waterfall, and there was these two... These two poor women sitting either side of me, gradually inching away as the sweat gushed down my face onto the chair. I felt really bad, um, but I also felt <laughs> awful. And and um, and also, while I was panting on the first train, while I was initially recovering, I was um, when I was recovering, like I was like, <laughs> there was a guy next to me standing, and all of a sudden he just went. Bah! And I was like, oh my God, what's that? And <laughs> I don't know, it must have been Tourette's or something, but he started screaming, which okay. didn't alleviate the situation. Is that and Tourette's just having a scream? <laughs> having a lovely scream? I don't know what it was, but he started screaming and everyone on the train looked up. Yeah. And you I felt thought, really sorry for this guy. thought you'd done something. thought you'd done something to him. <laughs> well, I thought I'd triggered him because I was this horrible, sweaty, right, panting yeah, yeah. mess. And Good point. Good point. <laughs> I wish someone could have filmed just the ridiculousness of this situation. Me standing there, like, <laughs> drooped down, dying, and a guy just literally screaming next to me, yeah. going, rah, rah, rah. Felt really sorry for the guy, though, because this isn't an uncommon sight in Japan. There seems to be a lot of people, unfortunately, who have this sort of, I, uh, yeah, this sort of situation. And um, mm. obviously in Japan, it's, like, magnified any sort of mental health issues. But yeah. what a morning! And the tunnel vision thing really creeped me out. But luckily, when I got on the second train... And the air conditioning hit me. The tunnel vision actually cleared up really fast. So I think it must have been like my body overheating or something through mm. the uh, exertion. But even on the Spartan race or the boxing or anything I've done, I've never had that before. And so it was kind of creepy. But I'm guessing heat plus exertion equals suffering. Yeah, I and mean, it's, it's starting to get incredibly hot in Japan, isn't it? And if you're running mm. around and you're carrying something heavy. Sometimes I'll just, I mean, honestly, sometimes I'll just like, I'll just um, pick something off the ground. <laughs> I feel a bit dizzy. I'm like, you know, <laughs> so I, I'm, not, I'm not a fit man. But uh, yeah, anything <laughs> anything like, like, you know, I mean, they, they I think the number one kind of like uh, sudden heart attack thing is, uh, you know, shoveling snow and stuff. But if it's anything like that where I'm, Sort mm. of um, sweeping <laughs> to any great degree. Oh, oh man, that's hard work. I'm not a hard worker. <laughs> not physically. It's a little anyway. bit worried. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I go from running to a train with four yeah. bags and yeah. you have sweeping. That's the same thing. <laughs> but, well, dear, dear. But there you go, guys. Be careful. If you're coming to Japan, don't like, uh, do take the heat seriously. I, I forgot cool. how, well, I forgot how absurd it is here uh, in the summer. And, mm. um, my God, awful. We've got a story, though. I'm not slightly happy, you know. We've got a story from Felix from Warwick. And he says, uh, Dear Chris and Pete, my name's Felix, graduate in Japanese from Warwick in the UK, and I'm writing to share one of the unexpected highlights of my recent city-hopping solo trip across Japan. It was early March, and having spent three days in Hiroshima and Miyajima, I chose to try and visit uh, Mitaki Temple to the west of the city. After reaching the main hall at the top of the hill, I followed a hiking trail into the surrounding woods. It was silent, which at first was a relief from the noisy city below, but it wasn't long before I came across an enormous bamboo forest. Suddenly, I heard a loud tap somewhere around me. Was it a bear? I'd walked past a couple of warning signs early on in the trail, but I didn't want to jump to any conclusions, and I kept walking a little more alert. Tap, tap. There it was again. This time, I was sure of it. I looked around, and below me on the trail, slowly approaching, was none other than an elderly Japanese man. Oh. 
Relieved and intrigued, I asked him about the source of the tapping. Excuse me, good day. Uh, was that a noise of bear? Was that you? I asked, with my usual awkward tone. The man, Kimoto-san, chuckled to himself and told me at this time of year that I should be more cautious of the Inashishi wild boars, and the tapping was merely the bamboo stems crashing against each other in the wind. We spent the rest of the hiking conversation, and when we parted ways, I thanked him greatly for his time, grateful for the opportunity to not just hear such interesting stories about his life, but to, to be reminded of how far I've come in my language-learning journey. All the best, guys. Felix from Warwick, with a nice, heartwarming story <laughs> that's lovely. Yes. I mean, I, I'm, I think... Uh, in contrast to three weeks ago, that's a nice story. When we had the story of a, a listener that was in Colbert and there was a, a wild boar running around, tearing up the town, running across a bridge. At least it's had a happy ending about mm. a nice chat with a stranger um, and how putting his Japanese to good use paid off. That's nice, though. I thought it might have been tapping by the guy because what you're supposed to do, obviously, in those sort of places is, is tap to kind of let the bears and wild mm. boar know that you're there. That you're coming, sort yeah. Of warning, right? Yeah. yeah. Just shout, just go, scare <laughs> the bears off, isn't it? Get the bell out. Get the bell that's out. That's nice, though. Out loud. Yeah. That's lovely. That's, that's a lovely, lovely. That's a lovely, very much, very much enjoyed that one. Very wholesome. Wholesome story. Um, what yeah. I, you know, I've always said that holidays are often defined by the people you meet along the way. You remember those interactions really mm. well. I don't know why, I don't know how. It's just something nice about meeting a stranger and having a good old chat and mm. bonding over something. Yeah. Um, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff, Felix. What have we got this week there in the news? Oh, Chris, I was torn between two different news stories. One um, about um, not getting squid sperm in your mouth because it hurts. Or... Um, what? Basically, for, or... But I, I thought, you know what? This, fil- the, 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 this show is pretty grotty at the best of times. Let me stick in a new <laughs> story about um, the Titanic, which obviously has been in the news recently oh. because of those uh, people who went down in their um, submersible um, and mm. frequently, um, you know, very very much wasn't submersible f- for very much longer. Um, and when we mm. saw they sadly lost their lives. But um, the film... Titanic, 1997, uh, about two lovers mm. who um, basically find themselves aboard that particular boat, the Titanic. Um, people have started noticing that the um, Japanese network, Fuji TV, uh, was set to air the movie Titanic uh, on the 24th of June and the 1st of July, um, causing the network right. to be first accusations that they're trying to cash in on the uh, morbid curiosity of the, um, I forget the name of the submersible, but cashing in on 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 people talking Ocean about Gate. the Titanic more, basically, yes. And um, uh, in fairness to Fuji TV, the showings of the Titanic were announced uh, on the twenty third of May, well before most people had even heard of uh, Ocean Gate. Um, but Fuji TV, unlike um, a lot of like Western broadcasters, you see this quite a lot in the UK. Um, if something. That, that kind of like um, you know, if there's a cultural touchstone uh, that's a bit upsetting to people um, TV um, mm. channels will frequently um, not bother to, uh, to, to to broadcast something that's going to upset people uh, but Fuji TV are just pushing on and going fuck it we sneaky we, we are we planned this before we heard about the thing about Ocean Gate uh, and we're going to c- continue to do it um the, there's a lot of people online getting very uh, angry, not angry, happy. Uh, just don't watch if you think it's disrespectful. No one's forcing you. So many people die every day. Why do these get, guys get special treatment? Um, that movie didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> 
I don't see I, I don't see any difference between what Fuji TV did and what the people who went to see a mass grave for fun did. Huh, lol, all you guys are still watching TV. Um and obviously um a lot of people sort of pointing out that in Japan people still watch TV. Um TV broadcasts it, it's, it's it's certainly for a, an aging uh, demographic. Uh, it's very much part of their lives and so we shouldn't sort of think mm. that it's kind of quaint and cute that uh, a TV station are, uh, are cashing in on it and, and broadcasting something. But I do find it fascinating that that Fuji TV are just going nah, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> I remember the ocean, the Ocean Gate thing um, situation covered in Japan. They got really into it, um, right? There was like timers on the screen, like the clock counting down the oxygen that oh, was wow. left in the submarine, and all this. Right. It was very bleak, very yeah. bleak viewing. And of course, turns out that they probably died pretty, very quickly and instantly yeah. at the start, and that Ameri- the American God. military had uh, detected like an implosion early yes. on, but they couldn't yeah. really reveal it because they were revealing. Doxing their own sonar, sonar equipment capabilities, yeah. used to detect Russian submarines. But uh, yeah, really kind of sad. I was, it was a strange situation watching this all unfold. Obviously, it all got into like political territory or it got into different territory. The boat in Greece, tragically, hundreds of people died and then nobody covered that in the news and then everyone got excited about this. But I guess it was just... It was that situation of will they will they not survive? Will they be saved? And yeah, uh, yeah kind of a sad ending. But my god, the fucking videos of the OceanGate CEO dude, and he was like, "I like to break the rules. I made my sub out of paper." And it's just like, oh my lord, what right, were you okay. thinking? Like, right. how could you take? How could you not take better precautions here on the submarine? Yeah, it, was, you... it, it was a. Uh, it was shot. A, it was a like a the Pete Donaldson story. submarine. <laughs> It's like Pete, I'd rather be in a Pete Dalton's homemade of, fucking bathtub submarine than the ocean it, gate. If anything, pointed out the you know the folly of like you know people uh, in, in that in that sort of caper, those these kind of entrepreneurs, these kind of um, Silicon Valley guys who who mm. just think that uh, government um, interference is just uh, you know automatically bad. You know some rules are there because people are fucking stupid, and you're <laughs> well, stupid, yeah. and look what you've done. So yeah, I, I think um, I, th- I think. People playing fast and loose with rules and regs uh, got them mm. in that situation, and uh, yeah, we've, we've lost a, some people that didn't we didn't need to lose necessarily. It was very sad. Exactly, exactly. And I don't know how I feel about Fuji TV being like that's terrible. Give it a watch. Let's good put film. Titanic on again. <laughs> Let's put Titanic on twice. Yeah, they put it on twice. There's a man in a room somewhere yeah. in central Tokyo who was looking at the disaster unfold and went, "Yeah, put it on. Go on, do it. <laughs> dear, oh dear, sneaky bastard." We'll be back in just a moment, guys, with the stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I might have a little chat with my mate Chris, or go for a walk with my dog Sammy, or if I was in Japan, I might take a dip in a hot spring, hike up Kamakochi, or attempt to eat the deadliest puffer fish in the world. You know, normal stuff. But it's hard to know what to do with your time and how to spend it wisely. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can prioritise your time and fill it with things you actually enjoy. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. With BetterHelp, they guide you each step of the way to start to spend your time on your own terms. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? Uh, this is from Jerry, Jerry Cowper. Hey, Jerry. Um, hi, Cryptic Chris and particular Pete. I see so much raw fish being eaten in Japan with little regard for tapeworms. Since my childhood, I heard stories of these buggers coming out of different parts of the body. How worried do I have to be about my fish consumption during my trip to Japan? Uh, best regards, Jerry. Um, have you had any situations mm. with uh, anybody getting uh, tapeworms? Do people... Uh, is there... I mean, I guess from from sea to plates it's a very very mm. short journey wouldn't you say and and i guess tapeworms only really occur when fish have been uh, improperly kept and and they are quite fastidious about their uh, about their cleanliness you have to be it's a sushi restaurant for crying out loud it's yeah i mean i i have thought about this before um yeah because it's, it's just disgusting and something about yeah something about it really is, is really unpleasant the idea of tapeworms there mm. was a a situation, I think, in Ibaraki Prefecture just the other day, about a week ago, where someone had an outbreak or an infection of uh, parasites. I don't know if it was specifically tapeworms mm. after having some pretty sketchy sushi. And I, I had some sushi the other day that I wasn't overly enamoured by. It was some tuna <laughs> right. that uh, didn't, I don't know, it didn't taste as good as it should have it was a bit sketchy <laughs> and i remember looking poking around it and just thinking uh, should i eat this i did i'm an idiot i was hungry but uh, you've got to be careful yeah i mean what they basically do to get rid of parasites is they take the fish and they stick it in a freezer and freezing it uh kills the parasites off mm. and that does deal with it for the most part and it's pretty rare to hear of stories about this happening this sort of thing um, I'm not sure, like, how many cases there are, tapeworm yeah. cases, Japan. I know it's quite small. I don't know anybody who's openly told me um, that they've had it, that they've mm. had anything like this. Uh, here we go. We've got some statistics. Um, 33 confirmed cases of um, parasite between 2020... Sorry, between 2010 and 2019. Uh, I mean, I would take the 33 those cases... Well, yeah. I mean, of the 33 cases, 28 were domestic infections. Um, so not even restaurant. They oh, think, nice. Okay. And they think it was from pork, actually, weirdly. Ah. So, yeah, I don't know. Why I should dig into the statistics a bit deeper, but I really don't think it's something you need to worry about. Most no. Japanese um, restaurants take cleanliness and hygiene pretty seriously. Mm. And uh, the fact that the numbers are pretty low, despite a, po- you know, a population of 125 million, if it was a serious issue, you'd hear a lot more cases. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I won't lie, though. I do only order sushi and raw fish from n- not the cheapest restaurants. 
because obviously, yeah, they might if have taken less precautions. So be wary. Yeah, I mean, know. I mean, even the even the most kind of um, uh, <coughs> mid range, mid to low range um, sushi restaurant mm. will be quite circumspect with their with their cleanliness. I think Absolutely. It's fair to say. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a story here from Mashala from uh, Arlington, Texas. She says, Hello, cartwheeling Chris from Party Animal Pete. A friend and I would like to do a two-week cycling trip in Japan and could use your advice. What gear was surprisingly good and what gear was a failure uh, to be thrown into the trash? All the best, <laughs> Mashala from Arlington. Um, gear on a bike, bike-wise, just pick the right clothes. Get the right shorts and pants. Make sure they fit nicely. And make sure they're padded. That's the only thing you really need when cycling long distance. Padded uh, trousers, pants, whatever you want to call them. Because when you're sitting on that damn chair for hours on end, the pain is shocking and undescribable. And also, I did replace the seat on my bike. Usually... um, road bikes they have these quite small seats that are formidably painful mm. and connor didn't change his god bless him uh and i did and i got a basically like a sofa if you look at my bike <laughs> the the seat is massive and nice and comfortable and i that was one of the smartest things i think i ever did um connor wore the special cycle shoes where they clip into the pedals oh, I, think, yes. I think they're called clip-ins and um he said they're great but he also fell off the bike like four times, three or four times, and I didn't fall off at all. Mm. And I think I attribute that partly to those clipping shoes because it's hard to sort of twist your leg out and twist yes. your foot off in time to get off them. Um, I don't regret not using them, and I don't think I ever would. But he said they were good. So it because you're when you're cycling, obviously, when you're bringing your foot up, you're still connected connected to the pedal, so you're mm. continuing the momentum. So yeah. Think of that. Think of that one. Maybe that's something worth trying. But I'd rather not have them and not fall off and rip my leg off. Uh, we've got one last one here from Lincoln. He says, okay. "Hello, Purple Polygon Pete and Creepy Crawly Chris. My name's Lincoln <laughs> Lincoln Porritt, writing to you from Idaho, Texas. Sorry, Idaho, United States. Idaho, Texas. What am I on about?" I know my geography better than that. <laughs> I recently joined the US Air Force and was told that one of the places I could get stationed is on the Yokota Air Base in Tokyo. Oof. My question is, have either of you ever had any experience on uh, for military? And do you know what the general feelings are towards military personnel in Japan? I've heard both negative and positive things. I wanted to know what you guys think. Love the podcast and hope both of you have an amazing day. I mean, I've met plenty of uh, American servicemen and women uh, in my time in Japan. I know Okinawa's bases are scrutinised a lot more than the ones on the mainland. Mm. Um, just because historically Okinawa, you know, Okinawa used to be its own kingdom, the Ryukyu kingdom. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, they feel like the base were forced upon them. Obviously, Okinawa had a very unpleasant time in World War Two, especially Okinawa, the mainland there. And then they got a big, massive airbase, uh, Kadena airbase, stuck on the island as well. Mm. Uh, and they're not very happy about that because it takes up so much room. Right. And that receives a lot of scrutiny. I don't think the um, bases, the American bases dotted around the rest of Japan, receive half as much scrutiny as, as Canada, Kadena airbase does in, in Okinawa, to be honest. Um, any thoughts, Pete? Have you met anyone from the military over here? Um, I've not only like in passing really. Um, I think with um, I, I I think people are, are relatively positive. I think in those kind of like places where it, if you sort of spend a lot of time in the city centres and stuff, probably the uh, the um, 
the people who work in the military are less um, less beloved, I imagine, if um, you know people are kicking off every, every, every um, Saturday, Friday evening. But uh, yeah, I think people are, are, are broadly positive. Um, I don't think people are, are weeded out by any of it. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think I just read an interesting statistic here. The American base, uh, American bases in Okinawa apparently cover eight percent of the main Okinawan island. Right. So you can understand that resentment a bit more, perhaps, given. Mm. That takes up a lot. And when we, when I was filming over there um, at uh, Jackie, my Japanese friend, you know Jackie, of course, hmm. when I was filming at her family home, it was kind of near the airbase in that area. Um, and it just it was so loud. We had to stop filming so many times because like an F-15 <laughs> was taking <laughs> off or something uh, or a C-5 Galaxy. So it was, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, Brilliant. I could see why the people of Okinawa won't be so happy. Hmm. But, you know, there's 18,000 plus American service men and women here in Japan, and um, I think they are broadly supported by the Japanese public, mm. um, especially given how bumpy things are looking for the for the future of East Asia and uh, everything going on with North Korea and China. Mm. You know, it's it's you know it's strange to think that this could be one of the hotspots of the world. You know, where a breakout could happen at any yeah. time. And um, yeah, I think having half of America's Air Force over here is kind of uh, quite handy mm. to everyone's benefit for now. <laughs> but yeah, I can't speak for Okinawa. I can understand why the people there are pissed off mm. at having 8% of their island taken up by a massive airbase. Yeah. Um, keep the stories, questions coming in. Oh, by the way, have a good time, Lincoln. I think Yokota Air Base in Tokyo is actually a good place to get stationed. I think it's one of the better places to be. Um, to obviously, because obviously you can get to take it any time you want. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys, all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. And we'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Have a good one. <laughs> you didn't say bye for now. Hey, I was waiting for you to say bye, bye for, for now. now. Bye. Bye bye. Unbelievable. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.